Hello and welcome to the Space Museum. You might find some audio guides uh, somewhere or other, uh, or you can just view things at your own pace. It's Into the Black Archive, Season 2, Episode 6, The Space Museum. My name's James and I'm here in person still with Owen Cranston. Surprisingly, we haven't murdered each other yet. Yeah, we haven't moved in a week. No, we just stayed, we've just stayed in these two chairs around two metres apart with windows open, so please excuse any random noises, lots of cars, hedge trimmers, cyclists. <laughs> we've been having a week-long staring contest, and let me tell you, it's been going well. I've won. No. We're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing this online. Oh my God. <laughs> right, so, before we get into this episode, though... I needed to finish up a free parter, which we've been Absolutely carrying. Absolutely, you do. Before we do what we did last weekend, just we forgot. just completely forget about it. So it is, I've now listened to the free part extravaganza, which is Chris Eccleston's return to the Doctor Who role. Finally, is all I'll say on that matter. Finally. Yes. And fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, would I call this CD, this audio drama, Fantastic. Yes, but... Okay, that's that's alright though. Yes. Um, as I said before, the audio issues, I've showed James them now, and mm. you've agreed, which it was a bit horrific. With the, with those robots, they don't make, they just don't make the voices distinctive enough, so you're having to squint a bit and kind of really put your... For example, if you have a speaker, you're going to have to lean right to yeah. it to try and make out what they're saying. Um, I think... The end part of it has got actually funny moments to it. Mm. So, due to the plot, which we're not spoiling at all, I'm just going to mention some of the characters. So, if you don't want any spoilers at all, ignore this point. Um, so, they've got Nova, which is sort of like the companion, mm. which is a who is a future cook. Future cook? A cook from the future. Okay. Do they make food differently in the future? No clue. <laughs> Um, um, a Roman legionary mm. and two Cold War era British army forces. Oh, so, okay, so they, they were really creative with these. Yeah, so when they, they, they get to the point where they're having to go through the sewer system together without the doctor and they're just bickering and constantly, and it's hilarious. Because mm. <laughs> they're just like, a, going, well, we could kill them and we get nervous going, or we could not, and we could actually think this through. Mm. <laughs> and it's just hilarious because they're both bickering off each other going what <laughs> the ancient spirits have taken me from my lands as as for Roman <laughs> yeah. would say and everyone's like going are we on uh, for somewhere else <laughs> and it's just constantly this, this. And, and you've also got Nova going in the background I've heard of Earth but what's London <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's just perfect. Just those two bickering, those those lot bickering with each other towards the end, is amazing to a point which I wish they actually kept the entire crew together. Like it'd be a lot of people in one time. Yeah, it'd be a lot to handle. But them together was perfect. I loved every moment with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then it does a lot of turning and throwing. Gets a little bit confusing, and then it does my most hated thing at the end which any drum would do. I'll not disclose any characters or anything. Is it a classic Doctor Who 60s rush ending? Yes and no. Classic Doctor Who 60s ending mixed in with time travel confusion. Mm. Um, and, not good. And memory loss. 
Oh, even worse, like Doctor Donna stuff. Yeah. Oh no. And it's like, so if you like to say it, well, no, it's not memory loss. He's gone back in time before he met someone because the timelines got destroyed, and it would go uh, very confusing, very confusing stuff. So he met this person before he met them first time so their entire story together is being complete okay. scrap <laughs> right. and, and then they just kind of sat there going but, but, but what I like this person's character before this happened now they're going to have to rewrite this entire new bit of character growth why and it's just I feel like they could have done the exact same story but just had her retain her memories mm. come up with some stupid excuse for her retaining her memories from her past travels Yeah, it would have been a lot better for the ending alright but on the whole that seems like a pretty positive take yeah, it was quite good. Um, I'm still unsure about the amount of time travelling back and forth. I think it got a little it's just bit... too convoluted. It got a little bit convoluted. I feel like some of the aspects of it would have been better developed on their own. Mm. Because one of the first sort of like side plots is that people are being sucked up from their time zones and placed in different areas, hence why we've got the Roman legionary yeah. army people. I feel like... Because they started from the first episode with... Romans being dumped in London, in um, Soviet, not Soviet, Cold War era London. Yeah. Um, and the London troops at that point have tried to work out how to deal with it. I feel like that could have been an episode by itself and could have been expanded on so much more than just a quick five minute jump. Yeah, it's almost like a skit at that point. Yeah, I feel like that bit there could have been made so much better if it was on its own. Yeah, they're almost, they're not wasted ideas, but they're. If you'd have taken them in a more, in a deeper direction, or given them the time to grow, they might have been something really interesting. Yeah. Which, you know, it's all right. I enjoyed my time with it. Mm. And how? The last question I ask you: How is how is Chris? Is he is he just the exact same still? Like he's never left. Yes, it's really oh, good. Thank God. It's it's good to hear him back. Yeah. I wonder, do you reckon they could get him on a, one of the TV episodes? Do you reckon? Would they ever get him? I don't know. I think he's... I think he's more willing to do it now, which it is... Yeah, now he's done the big finish. Now though. it is a essentially a completely different team. Aside from Nicholas Briggs, the guy who does the Daleks. Yeah, but like Nicholas Briggs is Nicholas Briggs. And also, they work together on this. Yeah. Nicholas Briggs is the guy who wrote this audio drama. Oh, wait, Briggs wrote this? Yeah. Oh, wow. He is for a writer yeah, so and director. Yeah. So he's pretty cool now with everyone on the scene, or at least he knows that it's new people. Yeah. Because obviously, if you've followed the news, um, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the Doctor Who team in the Davies era recently. Yeah. Uh, and, for various reasons. And they didn't get on, and I think that burnt Chris Eccleston a lot on that sort of thing. But now it is a completely new team. I'm not even convinced people who worked on anyone... Who worked on the writing side of things, or the show running side of it? Was it in Russell T Davies' era? Not really. I, yeah, Chibnall was. I know Chibnall was about at the time, like he was yeah. well known as a writer, but I don't think he was. He did an episode for series one. So, I think it's unlikely. But I don't think it's completely ruled out like it was before. Yeah, because because originally Eccleston was they had to get archive for Day of the Doctor. Yeah, because he just refused to do it. Uh, yeah, I would. I'd love to. You know, if they ever do a multi-doctor story again, I mean, we are coming up to the sixty. Yeah, we're not a million miles away. Maybe they they get Eccleston in for a multi-doctor story. Eccleston, I whoever hope... it is, because it won't be Jodie, I think, by then. I hope for that sixty, if they do an equivalent of five doctors, but with all the modern doctors. 
That would be cool. Yeah. I think it'll be six doctors, to be honest. I don't think Jodie will be there yeah. at 23. I'm just, I, yeah. If they can arrange that somehow. I reckon it could be arranged. I, Tennant would do it. Smith would do it. Yeah. Capaldi would do it. Yeah. I re- Jodie will do it. I reckon either that or I want to get the eighth doctor on screen more. I'd like, lo- yeah, I'd love to see a bit of because there was that there was that short with McGann before yeah. Day of the Doctor that was really decent and made yeah. you think. Oh, imagine if they had like a full mini series yeah. with him. Yeah, because well, his son knows a big finish stuff, obviously, which yeah. really really good in. But also- I'd, I'd want to see like a classic Who style serialization where they give him like one story that goes like six parts, yeah. or seven parts, eight parts. That's got a lot of depth. That's got a lot going on, and, and it gives him the chance to have a full development yeah. that'd be great yeah i'd love to see him do that although oh, i sense it won't happen but definitely not on television no which is which is sad really because i think like he could do he's obviously still keen for in for rob because he's doing so many big finish stuff so he obviously doesn't want to let it go yeah he obviously enjoys being the doctor so yeah i think it's a shame they haven't done more with him i'm still surprised that the bbc have never properly committed to doing a doctor Who expanded universe on television they attempted it with T Davies, and as soon as T Davies left, they kind of just lost. Yeah, it was it was Davies that was pushing that. I mean, I'm sure that you saw the interview he gave when he basically said, you know, I yeah. was seeing what Marvel were doing, and with mm. comic books and and the universes that were going to come from that, and trying to do something like that with who, and they should have kept that going Admitted, after I left. Yeah, I think they would have done with Sarah Jane Events if it wasn't for the sad death yeah. of Staten. And Torchwood, obviously, Torchwood ended up kind of being a white elephant. They weren't sure what to do with it. I think it kind of ran its course and they kind of just ran out of ideas and everyone kind of got distracted with their own things. Yeah, and, and now more everything Reece... kind of faded at the same time and then Moffat's show lost popularity and so the whole zeitgeist got lost. Yeah, and then also, obviously more recently, John Barrowman's had his old... Uh... Yeah, Barrowman's obviously had his questionable stuff and Noel Clark's had worse questionable stuff. Yeah. So doing those characters again not sure yeah yeah i i think if there was a chance to do an expanding universe it's probably gone now because the fact is you need viewing figures to justify spending that money and i i don't think even ignoring for shipnell issues i generally don't think there would be enough for it now since everything's moving off tv yeah i think in in order to do it the BBC would have to enter a partnership with a Netflix to do it. Yeah. It would have to be on a streaming service. Yeah. And Netflix would have to put up a lot of the money. I actually think they'd do it. Netflix or HBO, because it's then for HBO they work with, isn't it? They, they do work with HBO, yeah. They did His Dark Materials with HBO, which has done pretty they well. They did. I must destroy you, I will destroy you. Yeah, I may destroy you. I may destroy, I may destroy you. you, which is amazing. Um, I've got a feeling that they did Bodyguard with them as well. Really? I'm looking up. I didn't think HBO were involved in anything I've Jed. Think, I've got to think they've been involved with something along those lines. Two men Google. Yeah, well, I'm doing the same. Um, yeah, no, this was it was entirely BBC and World Productions. Okay. No international involvement. It was entirely British produced by Jed's. Okay. Lot. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, but it was distributed by ITV. Yeah. Interestingly. So, yeah, so, yeah, I would love to see more Eight Doctor, though. 
Yeah. Uh, I think it's a conclusion to that. <laughs> yeah, on the, on the conclusion to that, massive, if only Doctor Who had an expanded... Yeah. Well, you'd just love to see a bunch, like... Yeah. Like, with the Time Lord Victoria stuff, imagine if they said out of nowhere, David Tennant agrees to do three-part limited series, like, consecutive nights on a bank yeah. holiday weekend or something. Yeah, it... I don't think Doctor Who currently has the attention. No, I don't. And I don't think it will do, not because of Jimnall. I think generally due to how TV is going. It's so hard now to be event viewing. You have to make such a good programme to get to that echelon. Like like Line of Duty is one of the only shows in recent years that's got to that kind of... Mm. It is nine o'clock on Sunday. It is an event. Everyone mm. is going to sit down and watch it. It's yeah. just not the way modern television is now. And I feel like the only way for BBC will commit something if it becomes that level, and I don't think it will yeah. do it anytime been soon. That level, but it's not that level now. Yeah, and as much as I am a lot, I can bear Chibnall's writing a lot more than say you can and a lot of other people can. That's I, <laughs> I, I don't see him getting that attention anytime soon. No, I, I, I think you like like we've said. You just have to make a really good show. It has to be really good from the off, and even then, you might not become event viewing. There are so many great pieces of television that nobody's watched, yeah. in great numbers because it's the wrong platform or it's the wrong time of year. And just, they... just thinking BBC wise, they've got BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Four. BBC three. three, technically, but I'm more thinking about linear at the moment. Yeah, in terms of linear. Um, three is going linear. Again. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see how that goes. CBBC, CBBS, BBC oh. Parliament. Yeah, but I'm big more. <laughs> <laughs> That's linear. If That's you think, great if you think about which they produce, each of them produce probably around twelve hours of footage. Yeah. Of shows, admittedly, some of them are repeats, but there's still so much TV there which people just sit through and just don't care. Hmm. I mean, a lot of people still watch linear, but it's just not—it's not where the demographic is anymore because everyone is coveting that young, like yeah. our age kind of demographic, where you've got a bit of money, you're young, you're still lively, uh, kind of demographic. Which sucks. I think linear can still do it. Line of Duty proved oh, it. Oh yeah, it proves you can. But I don't know if people are willing to put the investment in. It, yeah, it, it's the success rate. The thing is, you don't need to put a lot of money on the screen yeah. to make something good. You need to be clever, mm. more so. But you still need backing to, to be clever. Yeah. And speaking of clever, clever people go to museums. <laughs> yes, we do need to get back on that the was, topic, don't we? That, that was, was a good segue. It was a horrible segue. That was, you got there, you got there. You <laughs> winched it in. It, it was like, <laughs> I can't open this, get the crowbar. Yeah, I, I was sat there trying to work out how I can get this to on Prize it open. So... This has been a relatively lackluster series, as we've been, as we said last week. Yes. None of us are particularly impressed so far. What do you think about the Space Museum? Good news, listeners. The Space Museum is pretty good. Is it? I think so. I think it's a pretty good episode that has some really cool stuff in it and some is, lulls. But... Is it pretty good just because it's come after around four bad stories? I, do you know what? I actually disagree because I've thought about this with quite a quite a lot since yeah. I watched it because I spent most of the episode thinking is this as good as I think it is yeah I've been thinking a lot about this and it's because there are really good moments in it 
but then there are also some lulls. So you um and are around the episode thinking, is this yeah. that good? Are they fulfilling the potential of it? Are they going the direction I want it to? In the end, it wraps up fairly well. Yeah. Not amazingly, but fairly well to the point where you just think you've had a good time. But let's just wheel ourselves back in from the ending and start from where we need to begin. At the for, beginning. For characters and, and synopsis. synopsis. What do you think about our characters this week? So, uh, there's a bit more going on. Yes. Thank God. Um, but in reality, the roles are very much the same. It's what we said last week. It's Everything seems to be stagnating character-wise. Yeah. So, the Doctor has to use his wits to get out of situations. Ian has to be morally righteous and fighty and going off and saving the day and being the man of the group. Barbara has to raise doubts and be contentious and have the maternal kind of role. And Vicky, she well... Does, she, does, she does stuff this episode. Yeah, but Vicky I don't, does do things. I still don't feel like it built on her character, though. It felt like... Uh, this is a bit of a jump. Uh, and I'm like, actually, no. Let me rephrase this. It feels a bit like a watered-down version of Susan's story in The Dalek Invasion of Earth in some ways. I'm going to disagree. But nowhere near as good. I'm going to disagree. Okay. Because Susan was willing to go with these people. Mm. Um, Vicky went... And then once Susan got there, Ian came along and sort of like encouraged these people to fight back. Yeah, which has always been his thing. But then Vicky unwillingly comes to these people joins these people and then willingly starts this revolution to give works out a way to give them guns i feel like it's a lot more involved than what susan was which was essentially running there going oh people coming back again and then and then um a story then progressing there's a lot more oh people let's work out and get out of this what what do you want what do you need we want guns. We can do this. Yeah, and so Vicky on. does play one of the more active roles in this in this episode. Yeah. Whereas Ian and Barbara are, are kind of doing their own thing and, and essentially just running around the plot, thinking, "Oh God, what do we do with this?" I think thinking about it, it's the most stereotypical for those two characters. Ian's the one's fighting, Barbara's the one looking after someone. Yeah, it's... I'm just thinking about Ian gets into a fight, Barbara helps drag someone through a gas-filled room. Yeah. Those are the two stand-up moments for those characters. But then Vicky's actually, for one, hacking into a lock system to get guns. Yeah, and drives the story forward yeah. more. Uh, certainly. But yeah, that's that's where characters are. So what's the synopsis of this one? Hello, sorry, just to butt in here. It's Owen here from the future. Um, we had a few issues with this initial audio recording, so we had to re-record this second half. So if there's a few random references to a second recording and how we're recording it later, that is why. Enjoy. Do you want to, because you like this one more than I did, do you want to give it a quick synopsis? I'll try my best, seeing as uh, I watched it more days ago than I had in the initial recording. <laughs> um, yeah, let me, let me drive back to it. So uh, the Doctor and crew arrive at a museum in space, uh, which is run by... A, Oh, and I've completely forgotten half the information in this. I'm going to actually need to look it up. <laughs> Am I going to have to cut this out? Right, let me do a synopsis then, yeah, yeah. I roughly you know, remember. Do you know what it is? It's just like names. I've just forgotten names. Yeah, so have I. I've got no clue of names. Um, so, 
Vitartis arrives in a space museum, but something doesn't quite seem right. Are they ahead of time? Are they behind of time? Or why are they in a glass box? So they get wander through the um, space museum. They find themselves as ornaments within that space museum. They quickly realise which they are slightly ahead of the time track, which where they're supposed to be. Time goes back on itself, and they are in the right timeline. So, how do they get trapped in those glass boxes? Can they avoid it? That is what this episode is out there to find out. So, they get caught. Well, the Doctor gets caught. Uh, everyone else seems to get caught, aside from Vicky. And then, Vicky has to try to start up a rebellion. And These things there. are all normal in yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah, I have just done a quick bit of uh, catching up. <laughs> and I'm good now, with uh, Morox and Museum and Lobos, the Commander. Everything's back. Cool. So what do you think for this? Because I know which, from our last recording you liked this one. Yeah, I really enjoy this. Um, there are problems, don't get me wrong, and it's definitely not the best episode going. And I think it's, to a large extent, the fact that this series hasn't been particularly strong, that this that this one kind of stands out a bit. But yeah. there's a really interesting setup in the story where, like you said in the synopsis, they all arrive and they find themselves in these glass boxes and they realise that there's something going on with an alternate timeline and they're actually seeing their own future uh, because they haven't actually arrived yet. It's a little bit convoluted mm. and I think they're using a lot of time travel writing tricks to pull this off and make you go, don't question it. But it's a cool setup uh, that actually leads to an interesting take on whether, you know, the whole paradox of free will yeah. um, in time travel, uh, which they haven't really brought up yet. However, um, I'm going to put this to, to you and then we can move on to characters. Isn't this essentially the same plot which has been used in every other Doctor episode so far? Uh, after the first episode, absolutely yes. <laughs> Where they separate off and then some, one of them finds good guys, the other one's captured by bad guys and the good guys need to take over. Yes, there's, there's, always, um, there's always a ruling class uh, and an oppressed class. Uh, on these planets that we go to and this time we've got the Morocks and they're the oppressing class and Xerons are the uh, oppressed class who want to take back their planet yeah so what did we think about characters this time round now um, this actually felt like a fairly decent episode in terms of character characterization for Vicky because I, yeah. I know we were kind of criticising Vicky last time as they hadn't figured out what to do with her yet. This time they decide the right way to deal with Vicky is to have her lead a revolution, which worked well in uh, Russia in 1917 for many people in terms of characterization. So yeah, it gives her something to do. It shows her a kind of there's an edge to her and there's a drive and it's better than what we've seen. And she plays a really active role in the story this time, which I think is why I do enjoy this episode quite a bit. It's the first time that she really gets separated off by herself and has to deal with things herself, isn't it? Because normally she just sort of tags along with the Doctor or whoever she's with. Yeah, she's mainly been tagging along with the Doctor. I mean, especially in the Romans, she has barely anything to do apart from just sort of be there. Yeah. Like, oh, she came along. And also in the Web Planet, she just kind of went with the Doctor and that was it, really, wasn't it? She didn't really yeah, do anything there, there. There hasn't been much for Vicky to do and those are mahoosive problems. When you have four people in your box, you need to have them all doing something. Barbara and Ian have 
at least been in a situation now for a couple of series where they kind of take different sides on things and you know they play different angles in the story and we've said it before ian gets to do the fighting stuff as a man and barbara gets to do the compassionate stuff uh, because apparently she couldn't possibly fight but as we said last week though a lot of the other companions ian and barbara namely and also the doctor to some extent have massively stagnated in their character development yes nothing's happening they go through the motions and this episode, they, they really do just hit the same beats, you know. Something interesting happens. The Doctor goes, oh, yes, very interesting, very interesting. And Ian goes, well, well, what do you mean? And then, you know, it doesn't really get explained. And Barbara goes, but we can't have that happen. And that just goes on for four episodes yeah. <laughs> straight. And then we go on to the next story and we just do it again. Yeah, they're starting to run out of ideas of ideas as to how to progress those characters further. Mm. You feel like their arcs kind of were done a series ago now. and They're, they're kind of they're just being learning. kept on, aren't they, at this point? Yeah. The last story, I think, that there was any sense of character development in was Dalek Invasion of Earth. Yeah, I think that's the last time when they really did something interesting with, not even just character, with story. Yeah, well, the story was good, but particularly Barbara actually has to do a lot of active stuff yeah and that really puts her in an interesting character position and you can see a demonstrable change Mm -hmm. but since then what we've had we've had rescue we've had web planet we've had romans and another (laughs) no Mm. we haven't yeah we have um there's been uh, a missing episode something which names which i've forgotten but yeah. But yeah. Since Starlink Invasion of Earth, nothing's really happened with these characters. So at least Vicky's getting something to do. Um obviously I like hanging about with Ian and Barbara. Like they're good characters. It's just that they're not going much of a place. Yeah. So what did you think about the start of this episode then? Because this is when they get into their timey wimey stuff, isn't it? I think it's a really good setup. Um yeah, it definitely got me interested because using that kind of, oh, it's already happened is a really good device for a time travel story to go, yeah. oh, if it's already happened, can you change it? And Because that raises big questions about what you as an audience member actually think time travel is or how time travel works. Yeah. As the, as the episodes went on and, and we kind of got into that same plot with there is, a, there is one species of alien, another species of alien, and they've got a fight... Um, you felt like they were kind of losing track of that initial setup, but they it, bring it back at the end. It kind of felt like, outside of the first episode and final episode, it just came to a thing to randomly put into a script every so often to reference. Yes, it was. It was like it was a normal Doctor Who script, but with a bit of intrigue thrown on the top. Yeah, it's like putting Parmesan on your pasta. So once they um, find themselves in cage and time catches up with themselves the doctor is doctor is very quickly kidnapped but by the good people but then he escapes for good people and ends up being interrogated with this magical machine yes yeah, so this is this is lobos and the uh incredible thought visualizer yeah which is very orwell uh, it's very orwell this machine <laughs> where um they say that they can read the doctor's thoughts and whatever he's thinking whatever mental image he makes once he hears a question will come up on the screen so there's no reason to lie because lobos can see everything 
but the moment he figures that out, um, yeah. he leads him down an interesting mental they, merry lane. No, the issue is, I think it would have worked, but for character deciders to tell the Doctor, which this is what this machine does, if the Doctor just went, oh, okay, how did you get here? Thinks of a um, penny farthing. Done. Like, you, you feel like if, if, what was his name, sorry? Lobos. If Lobos hadn't told the Doctor this, like, the entire thing would have been a lot better off. Yeah, it doesn't... You could have done that scene in a way where you present the device and you wonder, what on earth? Is it like a security camera? Yeah. Or something like that, and then you slowly realise that it's weirder. But you would need to drag the scene out, and it would almost be like line-of-duty level of interrogation yeah. length if you did that. But I it feel, would be interesting. I feel like if they purely just kept it so the guy was constantly second-guessing the Doctor and then revealed it right at the end, it would have been better than just randomly revealing it halfway through. And then... Yeah, just kind of he just kind going. of turns around and goes, oh, well, Doctor, you should not lie to me because I can see everything you're thinking already. And here's how it works. Yeah, it's, it's the stereotypical villain going, so I've caught you. And now, this is my master plan in full colour with graphs and pie charts. <laughs> yeah, it's Chris Whitty with the slides. It, and you're just sat there going, hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know you know one person that Lobos reminds me of? Yeah. And you may not get this side train, but, but I'm going to go there and see if you're there. Okay. Uh, you know the actor Clive Owen? What has he done? Uh, Clive Owen has done the films like uh, Children of Men and... Oh, bloody hell, was he in that? Oh, he did Elizabeth II, The Golden Age. No, I don't know who he is. Yeah, Basically, he does adverts for for Betfair, um, which is why I wasn't sure he'd get it, because they're usually on during the football. Yeah. And Lobos and them speak exactly alike. (laughs) The accent and the intonation is so similar that I just do an impression of Clive Owen to do Lobos. Just like, so, hello, Doctor. The reason I've brought you here is that I can already see your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right here, right now. Make your own odds on the Betfair Exchange. And, yeah. <laughs> Bet responsibly. <laughs> please, Bet- please gamble responsibly. And if you're going to do it, don't gamble on stupid things, particularly the Ukrainian third division. Yeah, so... <laughs> How do I bring us back on track from that diversion? <laughs> yeah, that was a diversion. So, speaking of betting, what are the odds here which Barbara and Ing get out alive? So, <laughs> why is that segue so awful yet so surprisingly <laughs> seamless? Um, That's brilliantly improvised. How <laughs> <laughs> did you get away with that? I haven't, because we're now just uh, laughing about it for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> Look, I know this is going in, but but we could we could cut this at the end. We could act like it was totally seamless. Um, so what is yeah, it? Odds back to it. And them staying together and getting it alive. So they essentially end up trying to find their way out, but constantly go in circles, and then they get separated. Yeah, which is pretty standard for Barbara. And Ian. They seem to be separated nearly every episode. Yeah, which is a shame because I feel like they're better. Rarely, uh, strangely, unlike Vicky, where she's really good apart, I feel like those two together are really good. Barbara and Ian are characters that that build on each other. Yeah. And a good example of this is when 
the, the clever thing with the writing on Space Museum, which is, again, why I do like the episode, is that they position Barbara and Ian at different ends of this uh, this paradox conversation. Yeah. About, you know, Ian saying, well, it's... It, it, oh, God, it shows you my memory of this episode. Ian's the one who says everything's already happened, it's happened. Yeah. Right, and Barbara's the one who's like, oh, we, we could change it. Are you saying, essentially, much like for Web Planet, the plot of this episode is very forgettable? Yeah, look, I, I mean, full disclosure, it's been about a week. Um, and I we have also just watched um, a monstrous six-parter. Uh, so that, that kind of boggles you. But still, yeah. yeah, there are conversations we had that are interesting. It's an enjoyable episode on the watch. I agree, based on this very clear evidence, its staying power maybe isn't as strong as, as you might expect. Um, so I re- remember how they got separated, so I'll go into that part there. So they essentially find, they finally find the exit and where the TARDIS is, but there's people guarding it. So they start watching for people guarding it, and then someone comes. Ian tricks the person to letting the two girls escape, but he has to stay on to fight with the first actually decent and somewhat tense fight scene which we've oh, had in yeah. Doctor Who. That's when, um, yeah, that's when the uh, Morok finds them and he's like, I'm going to take you in. And Ian's like, well, what are your orders? Which is a really good scene. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the first proper fight because normally Doctor Who fights are so, are so bad. Yeah, I'm, I, I always remember the one in the Aztecs being just the one where they're like, oh, you will fight to the death. Yeah. Uh, basically looking like two eight-year-olds having a sort of grapple or like the Floyd Mayweather fight last night um, where nothing, no punching is actually happening. Yeah. But this one actually was tense. Yeah. So then Ian takes, kidnaps a guard and take, forces them to take him to where the Doctor is being frozen, essentially. Yeah, because the Doctor gets captured by Lobos and once he realises uh, Lobos that he isn't going to get anything out of Doc um, he puts him straight into a cryogenic process to be embalmed and put in the space museum effectively put into the cabinet that we saw earlier so this is in theory the start of the inevitable mm. so with that hanging over the episode you're you know you're never quite sure how it'll end and that keeps the tension up which is nice but when Ian finds his way into where um, the Doctor is frozen up. He says, you know, you have to get him back. And Lobos goes, impossible. The process has already begun. There's nothing we can do now. And he goes, well, try. And then he tries. And about 30 seconds later, it's it's done. Yeah, it is the quickest. (laughs) This is impossible to, this is done. I think I've ever seen. So it only takes a slight cliffhanger and then it's done. Yeah, they do a cliffhanger, and then they're like, so can it be done? And he's like, um... We can try. Yeah, try it. And here's a time frame as well. If I remember correctly, they gave a time frame for this thing which they've never been able to do before. Yes, we've never done it so much that we know exactly how long it'll take. Do you remember my anecdote about defreezing cryogenic things from last week? No. (laughs) Um, We got a lot of anecdotes. So... So the first use for the a microwave, my first use for a microwave. Oh, was, no, 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 no. Yeah, I do now. I was do now. bringing um, hamsters or guinea pigs back from a cryogenic sleep because all the other ways weren't humane enough and didn't work. But surprisingly, yeah. for microwave one did. And I mean, 
for what happens to the Doctor, it basically looks like he gets microwaved. Yeah. You know, he gets put in a put in a high temperature for two minutes. They need to remember, obviously, to pierce the film. But yeah. as long as they did that, he'd have been fine. So anyway, because I know we we're already running out of time. Um, so and then at this point, we can Barbara and Vicky get separated because I think Barbara runs in one direction, Vicky runs in a different direction. Barbara meets one person. Vicky meets the entire tribe of the rebellious teenagers with eyebrows halfway up their foreheads. Yeah, that's the one thing that's different about them. I mean, I know this was quite a cheapy episode because um, of the the budget restrictions they had on it. But all they've done with those aliens is cast sort of ideal-looking, handsome young boys and given them weird eyebrows and and they're like, they're aliens now. Yeah, Yeah, Um, They all look really similar. It's so strange. So... At this point, Barbara doesn't really do much. She essentially gets gassed and then has to try to stagger out. But Vicky starts rebellion by hacking into a really over-complex lock, which is over-complex for no reason. Yes, because it's actually dealt with really easily yeah. in the end. The thing that makes it complicated and sort of mysterious, I suppose, is that apparently the door to the Morok armory only opens to the truth. Yeah. And it has to be... You have to save the truth while breaking a like beam. All of these things are normal. <laughs> this is what we all have to do to open... You, you know, talk about two-factor authentication. Can you do the truth and a light beam? So, yeah. So, Vicky hacks into this, tricks it, and just expect wanting any response possible. She arms for people, but then she and Barbara are then very promptly recaptured. And put in with the Doctor and Ian as they are also captured. And then, potentially, they're going to all end up in a glass box. Which then brings us on to how this episode is resolved. Which, at the very least, I mean, it's it's one of the better resolutions on Who. Because the seed of why they are luckily saved is actually laid out because of a character decision earlier on. Yeah. So Uh, they did help themselves. And... You can see the episode is slowly working up to that ending as well, which you don't really have in other episodes. Yeah. It's also quite well paced as an episode. I didn't feel like there were much laughs. Yeah. There was a constant action throughout. It was always sort of good fun to watch. And you always had uh, that whole, are they going to get out of the glass box? I mean, think going on over the top. Yeah. So there's a lot to, to enjoy with this. So overall then, you, you thought this was all right then, didn't you really? Yeah, I thought it was really enjoyable. Uh, it's not the best, like I said before, but it's, for me, clearly the second best episode we've had in the season. Admittedly, that's not saying much, but yeah. it's pretty solid. There's good bits to it. I like that she got something for Vicky to do. Overall, had a good bit of fun. Wasn't bad at all. What about you, though? Because you've, you've seemed very lukewarm about Space Museum throughout the whole thing. Um, I think it's a good episode... But I equally don't think it is much more than that. I think it's one of the best ones of this season, but I think that says more about this season than this episode. Yeah. If that makes yeah, any definitely. sense. No, no, it does. It's exactly like that, because I think it's good when you watch it, but as we've proved, you know, you, you give it a few days to sort of yeah. rest and incubate, and you realise it's not got a lot of staying power. It's sort of enjoyable at the time, then you think... Oh, yeah, Space Museum, that was vaguely good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And that's all it really does and stays in your head with. 
Yeah. So what do you give so, this out of 10? Do you know, I'm going to give it a, a very, very high 6. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to say the same. Because I think we gave Web Museum 5. So that goes in line with that, really, doesn't it? Web Museum? Don't Not Web, Web Planet. Web Planet, yeah. Yeah. Because Web Planet was sort of... It could have been a 10 or a 0. Yeah. Depending on which bit you were looking at. So it made sense to go 5. Yeah. Yeah, I think 6 is about right. 7 if it had been slightly more memorable for a bit longer. Yeah. So... Thank you very much for listening to this little add-on to Info Black Archive. Isn't it special? Aren't you blessed? <laughs> Sorry we've ended it a bit fast, but there you go. So, <laughs> do you want to do the outro, James? Yes, of course. Uh, if you've enjoyed us nattering on about who in two parts, um, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, at Black Archive Pod. Or, if you uh, feel that way inclined, you can email us to, uh, which is blackarchivepod at gmail.com So, see you next week with The Chase. The Chase is a Dalek episode. Dalek. Written by Terry Nation. So... We'll see how that goes. All I'm saying, this could be redemption. This could be redemption. Yeah. So, see you next week. Goodbye.